0: Welcome to Nepal Now, my name is Marty Logan. One request before we get to today's episode, we've created a short survey to get your feedback on the show. It's just four questions, and according to SurveyMonkey, the average person takes just two minutes to fill it out, so it is fast. I've pasted the link in the episode notes, and thanks to everyone who gives their feedback. Okay, on with the show. Ekek Paila, which means step-by-step in Nepali, was one of many initiatives started to provide emergency relief following the devastating earthquakes of 2015, which killed almost 9,000 people and destroyed 600,000 homes and 20,000 schools. Unlike some other responses, the nonprofit has continued, delivering nearly two dozen health camps in remote mountainous parts of the country. About one year ago, the Nepali-led NGO opened a community health center in the heart of Nepal's capital, Kathmandu. I visited recently and was pleasantly surprised to see that it's equipped like a small hospital, including a space for minor surgeries, a dental room, and an eyeglass shop. That shop is perhaps not so startling because the president of the Ekekpila Foundation, Dr. Sumantapa, is an ophthalmologist with links to Tilganga Eye Hospital. In our chat today, he explains his very personal connection to the clinic's location and the vision for it to become a care center for the urban poor, including a squatter community on the banks of the nearby Bagmati River. We also discuss how Ekek Pila is expanding, in partnership with the government of Nepal, to provide permanent healthcare services in rural areas. At the same time, it is using telemedicine to maintain links with the remote communities where it has already held health camps. Please listen now to my chat with Sumantapa. Sumantapa, welcome to Nepal Now Podcast. Thank you, Marty. I'm really happy to be here. Great. So let's get started. I understand that Ekekpaila was born uh, in response to the earthquakes of 2015 and has been working in rural areas ever since then. So the obvious question for me is, what led you to open this community health center in the heart of Kathmandu? So
1: after 2015, when the earthquake happened, we were uh, moving all around the country, especially in in areas devastated by the earthquake. And uh, we had committed to about uh, 12 uh, clinics in one year, one every month, where volunteers would go and provide specialized health services. And um, after one year, we were we realized that uh, we were a bunch of friends, and uh, it was only after one year that we really registered our organization as AKK And then AKK started doing more comprehensive clinics twice a year uh, in remote areas of Nepal. And in order to have a base in Kathmandu because we also thought that the reason why we should open a community hospital in Kathmandu is that there is a large number of people who are poor in Kathmandu in terms of their finances, in terms of their accessibility to good doctors uh, in the city. So we thought that to address the needs of the urban poor in Kathmandu, uh, we started a, a community center in Kathmandu.
0: Okay right and I visited yesterday for the first time it's very close to my house actually and uh, it's really impressive for some reason I have this much smaller space in my mind in my imagination but it's uh, it's it's quite large and it's very comprehensive it is like you said it's more like a small hospital than a what I think of as a community health uh center um, but it has it has everything from dental to x-ray to Scanning equipment, even in a small eyeglass shop. Um, so you said it's you had the urban poor in mind, um, but I understand that it's open for anyone to come and and get services. Is that right? That's right.
1: It's it's open for everyone because um, being in the heart of the city, we also
0: we also want people who
1: can't afford to come to our centers because they realize that the cost of treatment is actually affordable and uh, we hope that uh, when they see our services they will uh, some of them uh, will uh, donate some money uh, or donate their time as a volunteer to help us uh, run the activities of our clinic because ekipaena is mostly dependent on funds uh, from the local people in Nepal and the people and the Nepalese people living abroad, and also some of our friends living abroad. But we are not dependent, and we do not plan to be dependent on money that is uh, from a big organization that will, will, will t- almost tell us what to do, you know, because we've seen that before, happening in Nepal before. So we want to be supported by and driven by. The Nepali people and uh, the friends of
0: Nepal. Right. Okay. And I'm wondering if you've had anyone respond to the fact that you know this is a big venture in Kathmandu, and of course, usually when you think about health in Nepal, we we always talk about people who lack health services and health care, and we usually think of. Rural areas, you just always have the village in mind and, and the health post or even people who have no access to, to health care. Do, do you get people who kind of push back and say, well, there's so much need outside, why did you come to Kathmandu? So, uh, yes,
1: we have, we have been asked that question, especially uh, when we go in for our outreach programs uh, in very remote areas. For example, uh, when we went to Upper Dolpa, to do a comprehensive health camp and uh, when I came back many people who who, who said that okay you, you take a team of doctors and and volunteers uh, but it's just a one one timer you know you just go there once and then you have you, know, you look at the scenery you also do your service and you know there's a, like a tourist and then you come back so undeniably that is correct I mean that happened but That also led us to rethink and re-strategize to see that how can we help these places that are really far flung. And now we have established uh, telemedicine centers in these places that is connected to our community hospital in Kathmandu. So we are able to give our services without being physically present there. So that has been a big accomplishment for us because in Upper Dolpa, there is hardly any connectivity and there is internet connectivity and internet connectivity is just in one school. So we have shifted our telemedicine center in a children's school. So if anybody's really sick, the health assistant brings the uh, patient to the school and then we communicate. So that's that's one of the questions uh, that was asked and uh, which led us to address these uh, things remotely. Uh, but in, in Kathmandu again, um also is the accessibility of people who cannot afford to go to private clinics even when they go to government hospitals sometimes the accessibility to doctors who are qualified and who are experienced it is hard to get so we are also trying to break that uh, break that barrier where uh, people can walk into our clinics uh, to our clinic here and they can be served by one of the most experienced doctors in Nepal who are practicing in Kathmandu.
0: Okay, and I definitely want to ask you more about your clientele, but when you're mentioning doctors, that brings up another important point. And I saw the the list of doctors at your clinic, and it seemed to be more than a couple of dozen doctors who, I understand, have volunteered to do this work. I mean, like you said, they all work in private institutions, or could certainly work there, and and make mon- lots of money if, if that's the way they decided to go. How do you get them uh, on board with this project? All right, so I
1: think it's, uh, it's, it starts really by setting an example. This clinic was, uh, this, this home, before this clinic it was a home. And this home was built by my parents with a lot of love and affection because it, on their inherited property. And thereafter, uh, my wife and I, we were married in this uh, premises, and both our children were born here. But after my father passed away, my mother didn't want to live here anymore. Then we went to live in another place, and this house was on rent. And when we decided that Ekikpaila needed uh, a clinic in Kathmandu, my wife and I, we approached uh, our mother and asked her that, uh, can we take it on rent? Uh, and she said, uh, no, you guys are doing such great work. I'd actually like to give the building to AK pilot So when that philanthropic move happened uh, right from home, then uh, I was very encouraged to to look for founding members uh, to bring in money as a startup for buying the equipment here for refurnishing this uh, this uh, clin- clinic here, and I approached hundred people, uh, friends and family, and doctors, and uh, and people, uh, Nepalese people living abroad, and I asked them that, would you like to become a founding member of the community health clinic, and they would have to donate five hundred thousand rupees to become a founding member.
0: And uh, to my surprise, instead of
1: fifty, there were seventy people who said yes and they came on board and with that with that money we were able to buy the equipment set aside some money for uh, for our supporting staff and some other doctors who work full-time here for their salary so we were able to do that and then I made a conscious decision that uh, I was I was working as a full-time uh, professor. Uh, at uh, the Institute of Ophthalmology. I was the head of glaucoma uh, department. I was the head of the research department there. And uh, I went and approached uh, the CEO and the executive director. And I said, look, there is a calling for me and I need to get give, given my resignation. Uh, and uh, I want to work as a volunteer in Ikekpaila. However, I'd still like to uh, be involved with an institute because I am an ophthalmologist and I'd like to work as a part-time consultant at the Ganga Institute because I can still teach Mm -hmm. and uh, share my surgical skill and my knowledge with fellows and residents. It was a conscious decision on my side, and um, they agreed. And uh, now I'm working here three days a week as a volunteer. And when I did this and I came back to my team in and I said, look, this is what I'm doing. It's my business. I mean, it's my decision in life. And it's 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 my calling, so I'm going to volunteer three days. And if I can volunteer three days, if some of you can just volunteer a few hours in one week for Aikiky Pila, because you guys are the core members of Aikiky Pila, it would be really helpful. And when that happened, uh, now as you can see, uh, our Aikiky Pila team members they are coming away from their private clinic and spending some time here and which uh, I feel very honored and and I feel very grateful to them that they're doing this. And hopefully that this will continue to happen. And especially for people who, as they get older, are physicians, medical physicians, they retire, and they are still looking for uh, a place to work maybe once or twice a a week. Uh, And they have a lot of experience through it because of their long uh, practice of medicine. And uh, I'm sure that tomorrow uh, this volunteerism will continue not only with the medical profession but even people for different work for different walks of life. If they want to come and volunteer here, like some of them can volunteer as a receptionist. Some of them can volunteer to teach how to people do accountancy. People can talk about business plans as a volunteer. People can voluntarily design our website. So it should be so the costs really come down and. There is a lot of uh, volunteerism and some good energy happening in this center.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a very positive story. And I hope you're right. I hope you do get uh, more people coming in as volunteers. So talking a little bit about uh, the patients and your your target group of patients, I know that the uh, clinic is very close to a squatter colony on the Bagmati River there when you when you talk about the urban poor are you talking about them in particular or absolutely being in the center of,
1: of the city and also surrounded by private hospitals and also a big uh, government hospital around us it, it's a good situation in my in my opinion because all some of our colleagues were thinking you know why we should open a community hospital somewhere in far away but i said no no this is a, this is a really a good location because our patients can be referred easily to government hospitals. There is the Prasutikriya Hospital very close by. So any patients with a, with a gynae problem, serious gynae problem that needs surgery can be uh, referred there. At the same time, there is the Nepal Eye Hospital in Tripurus, World, um, which provides uh, a low cost uh, treatment. So the location is excellent. And at the same time, when we talk about our community, we are not only talking about just people, right? I think we talk about the nature that is around us. And for sure, uh, because I grew up in the area, I have seen the Bagmati River uh, when I was a child, how beautiful and how clean it was, and now to what condition does it, it has become. It can be easily said that if there are people living along the Bagmati River, especially the squatters, I'm sure they must be having uh, some health issues because they live very close to a heavily polluted river. And when we talk about sanitation, the first thing that comes into our mind is clean water. So we decided that, uh, okay, so let's uh, do a project for two years where we will uh, conduct free health clinics in the banks of uh, Bagmati River among the, the squatter population. And we will conduct 11 of these clinics over a period of two years. And hopefully by the end of two years, we will be able to find out what kind of health-related diseases that they have. And hopefully make a nice report and present it to the local ward offices. And by the end of two years, make a larger report and present it to the health ministry so that our policymakers hopefully will be able to address some of the problems. And if, if not, then maybe by the end of one year, we would have our own public health team uh, doing some implementation programs for public health-related uh, diseases. So, so that, that's the idea for the Biomotry Health Project.
0: Okay, and, and have you done some of these health camps already? Because I know you're you're still very new, right? It's been less than a year that you've been open. Yeah. So we had
1: one that was uh, done last month, and we examined over 400 people there. It was a, a learning experience for us, and I wouldn't say it was a perfect uh, health clinic, but we had specialized doctors doing in different stations. We had a we had a cervical screening. A unit we had an eye screening unit we had a radiology department right there at the at their doorstep we had a lab that was the blood lab that was uh, functioning uh, fully over there and, and and for all those patients who who were diagnosed with more problems and needed further investigations we we even asked them to come to our center and uh, when they are referred to our center it's a free consultation but. If they need to do further investigations uh, for example like a chest x-ray or some other blood test then we will also give them discounts because these are the programs that we have conducted and, and we'd like to give them some sort of incentives so that they are able to uh, take full advantage of uh, our community center so that was done in about a month ago and now we have one coming up by the end of april and then every two months uh, this cycle will it will happen along the Bagmati River and Kathmandu Valley. And hopefully in another three or four clinics by another three or four clinics we will be able to conduct them to our best of our ability and also we will get some substantial data as to know what's really going on along the River Bagmati.
0: Right, right. Okay. And aside from that group of people, who who are the the patients who are coming to see you now or are they uh, the general population, men, women, um, children as well. Have you had time to come up with a kind of a profile of who you're treating? Because
1: because of the corona, that um, we are not able to uh, tell you an accurate profile because it's it's really not the true reflection of what's going on in the clinic. But from our last uh, one month, we've had uh, patients coming from. All different walks of life we have p- patients coming in in their cars uh, wanting to you know see the doctor because see doctors because they don't get an appointment in their private private clinic so they're able to come and see them here there are some of, some patients who are coming in the local transportation getting down in half and walking five or ten minutes and availing the services and also we have targeted uh, programs for example we are also working to help the people with uh, with leprosy, and then also helping targeting groups who have come from the mountains, for example, from the Manasku mountain, the, the people have migrated now in Kathmandu because it's very, very cold up in the mountains. And they, they are coming here for checkup, so so with every place that we have been, we are trying to set up in the remote areas. We are trying to set up relation. For example, in Dolpa, there is a Dolpa community here in Kathmandu, so we're trying to target them in, in that way. The places that we visit, we're trying to get them to our uh, to our clinic here.
0: Okay, and you mentioned uh, you know people who come because they're unable to get a, an appointment at a private facility. Are you happy having them there? I mean, are they they're not taking up space that otherwise would go to people who couldn't afford to use those private clinics? Um, not as if. You're right,
1: Marty, because uh, I think when there are more people who can afford it, they come here, then it will be a problem. But for now, our clinic is only a year old, and we, we, are, uh, we are really working hard to break even right now. So for us, any kind of patients are welcome. But what we've also done is that in the evening, so the clinic the cost of a ticket is 150 rupees. But in the evening, we have scaled it up for 300 rupees. So that if the private patients are to come, people who are afford to come, we give them appointments in the evening than in the morning. So we have thought about that as well. But for now, uh, we're welcoming everybody at any time
0: when you're well-known and, and busy, what would a busy day look like? How many patients would you expect through your doors? So, uh,
1: so far, uh, we've had about, uh, on, on one day, about 30 patients till three o'clock, starting at nine and finishing at three. So for us, that's, that's the largest that we've had so far. We don't want to make it a very crowded clinic. We are aiming to... So maybe about 60 to 70 patients in a day, starting from nine till about five in the evening or six in the evening. And the whole reason is also because we do not want to compromise on the quality. And the way this clinic is that the philosophy of this clinic is that we are trying to give preventive medicine as, as well as accurate diagnosis. We do not wish to make this clinic into a big hospital in our days to come because a lot of the people who donate money we want their money to go into treatment of people in purchasing of medicines to help them and we also have a small fund known as the AK Pilot Treatment Fund where people if they are unable to buy medications we could even give them cash to buy medications. If they are not able to pay for their surgery we give them cash to pay for the surgery but there is a check and balance mechanism where there has to be a letter from from their ward office saying that these are people who can't afford to pay and then we, we reconfirm the diagnosis at our center and then we send somebody to pay their bills so we really don't hand over the cash to them but our office staff will go and pay the bills and then come back. The larger plan of this whole thing is that hopefully uh, we, we are working as a foundation now known as the AK Pilar Foundation where in the future we Want to have the people's support in the in the sense that if they want to donate their money uh, or their time for uh, health, then they should come to AK Pilot Foundation because the 8th Pilot Foundation uh, will be a transparent foundation, and hopefully that uh, it will work with the government tomorrow even to help uh, provide money for infrastructure development in in, uh, in remote areas of the country
0: and i'm curious you mentioned the government and you mentioned the ward office a couple of times also what is your relationship with the with the government like say the the ministry of health or whoever would give permission for you to operate this clinic has it been an easy process to get to this stage or not so much
1: it has been a it has been an easy process because uh, the government has uh, certain very clear guidelines and we need to uh, fulfill that and when we fulfill that, the government gives us permission. And the problem really begins is that when, when we are not transparent in our activities, that's when uh, the, the rift between the government and uh, it happens. Uh, in, in all our activities in the past, we have had the local governments involved in our activities because for long-term sustainability, the government has to be involved. And of course, and we've had problems with, with our government in terms of their transparency and, and how things have worked in the past. But I think that the time has come where it will be a combined leadership between the med- medical people who know how to run the medical business as well as the, the government who know how to run the government's affairs. For example, now we will be, we will be running a hospital in Sindhupal Choknan in Tokarpa where it is in complete partnership with the government. Uh, that hospital was, uh, is a partnership between three organizations, mainly an international INGO, and they have helped build the infrastructure on land donated by the government. And thereafter, the government built further on the infrastructure, and they were looking for a partner to run the hospital, more like the me- medical expertise to run the hospital. Uh, so we approached the government and said, look, we are a pilot. We have a good number of doctors and medical staff that are experienced to, in our medical field. So why don't we partner up and uh, work together? So the government has now uh, separated the money to to pay for all the uh, staff. So this is a 15-bed hospital in Thokarpa. We were given the responsibility of choosing the medical staff, from the doctors to the health assistant, the nurse, superintendents, etc. And we just published the results yesterday, and in, in one and a half months now, we will be commencing the services. So in this public-private partnership that we have, I think this is the way forward. We're, we have been able to achieve something that we had not thought of in the past, and in this way, cake pilot will also provide continuous services in a rural area, and will make a change in the medical indices uh, for a population of almost 40,000 people. So with this, we are also now moving on to Zazarkur, which is in the Midwest. And uh, in Zazarkur, also, we plan to do this kind of partnership. Hopefully, by the end of one year, we will be able to establish another 10 to 15 bed hospital. And in the next three or four years, we're also looking at Upper Kumbhla, uh, where we wish to begin our services.
0: Wow, so that's very impressive. So you're not only you know opening and running this big clinic in central Kathmandu, you're also expanding your work into, if I can say, like full-time presence in in some of the places where you've already been working in a, kind of an emergency or post-emergency setting.
1: Yeah, that's right, buddy.
0: Is there something else you want to mention before we say goodbye? Uh, what I want to mention is that
1: when we when we embark on something uh, something like this we have to have a long term vision and it's it's beyond just one person's dream that's why the name of our, uh, of, our institu- if I, of our institution hopefully one day it will become is ekek pila which is not a person's name uh, it, it just it just signifies ekek pila means a step at a time and i think that uh, when we uh, think big right from the beginning and when we put all our selfish motives Behind us, I think uh, we're on the right path. And uh, even after somebody's leadership, there'll be somebody else who will come. I guess I'm just being very optimistic, but I truly believe that uh, we have uh, something good
0: going on here. Great. Thank you very much, Suman. Thank you for your time. And it's really good to hear this story and that everything is moving ahead uh, one step at a time. Quick steps by the sound of it, (laughs) Uh, but certainly moving ahead. So, thanks again. Thanks. Thanks, Mari. You have a good day, and thank
1: you for having me on your podcast.
0: Thanks again to Dr. Sumantapa for telling us about the Community Health Center and other initiatives by Ekek Paila. Let us know what you thought of this chat on social media. You can find Nepal Now or Nepal Now Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. A quick reminder about our online survey, it has four questions and should take you just two minutes to fill out. So please do so if you can, we'd really appreciate it. My name is Marty Logan, I'll talk to you again soon.